Marriage. The legally or formally recognized union of two people as partners in a personal relationship or a combination or mixture of two or more elements. This week, we're talking about how to survive marriage with Clinton Carol Moore. We'll be talking about communication, selflessness, and how marriage isn't a 50-50 split. You don't want to miss it. Now let's get to it. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern-day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. This is episode 007, that's right, it's our James Bond episode. We have uh, a couple of very special people here with us. They are very dear friends to us. They are full of wisdom and knowledge and all that good stuff. I'm trying to really talk them up because I want to make them (laughs) nervous before they come on. Um, But I want to welcome Clint and Carol Moore. So... Yay. Yay! Thank you for being. Oh. We're actually recording in our studio right Small, now. Tiny room. Yeah. So all four of us. So if things sound a little different than they normally do, that's because there's four of us and two microphones. But I'm going to go ahead and open this thing up and ask Clinton Carroll for one, just say hello to everyone, and uh, I guess tell us a little about uh, you guys and what you do and what you have a heart for. My name's Clint Moore, and this is Carol Moore. We've been married for. 22 23. years. 20, yeah, coming on 23 this year. We're just over a year. Yeah. <laughs> so together we have collectively going on 24 and a half years of <laughs> yeah. marriage in this hey. room, guys. Uh, yeah, so tell us a little about uh, your family, your kids. You know, you have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, we have one adult child. One he adult is, child. Yeah, he'll be 22, Isaac. Um, we have a 17-year-old daughter and a almost 11-year-old son. And so we met whenever I was a youth pastor. Was I, was I currently a youth pastor mm-hmm. when we met? Yes. Okay. So I was a youth pastor um, at our local church. I guess you guys worked up there with me pretty much just co-leading that thing for like a, what was it, over, was it a year that you guys were up there? Mm-hmm. Right at a year, right I think. Year. And then you guys ended up actually taking the mantle from me whenever uh, I stepped down and then it got transitioned elsewhere. And so now we're all sitting here. We've been through a lot. We went through a lot with a bunch of crazy teenagers. And so I think that can draw anyone close when you're dealing with teenagers. But uh, I really, really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to drive out here to the middle of nowhere and take some time (laughs) recording with us and talking. But we today are going to talk about marriage. Marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And all of the goodness that comes with it, specifically talking about things that people wish they would have known before getting married and trying to instill some wisdom into couples everywhere who are about to get married, or even if you've been married for going on 23 years, maybe some wisdom that can help them out through their current circumstances. I think a lot of times whenever we hit uh, some of those I mean, I'm, I'm saying this completely. Please tell me if I'm right about this because I've only been married a little over a year. Um, 
but in all of my infinite knowledge and wisdom, I, <laughs> I feel like maybe after you know twenty years of marriage, sometimes you have to go through a, a re a renewing process in your marriage, and a lot of those same principles that applied whenever you were first getting married probably have to kind of come back and learn those again. I would think because it's easy to forget stuff like that. Is that a correct guess? I think it all continues, and the best marriages strive to continue from day one and never quit learning. I mean, you can go as far as 50, 50. My, my parents been married 51 years, but I can still see them in their marriage learning how to change and adapt themselves to one another just to love each other better. What has been the biggest adaption from maybe like year one to year 10 to year 20 and now going on, you know, 23? Like what's been the biggest thing you've seen change? Well, I think right at the start, your changes should, <laughs> they're kind of big changes, and that's why you hold on to them so greatly. Right. Because it's its some of the ways and the things that you've always done right. and that, mm. that you feel like make you. Yeah. So you hold on to them, you know, those are the harder ones to let go. But as you grow in in life and, and live, you know, through our 22, it's some of the smaller things that you just try to fine-tune and make better. Now you've learned um, if it's over or under on the toilet paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or is it's that an ongoing? up or down. Okay, I, I under agree. is, no. Yeah, I no, agree. No. I agree on over. Um, the seat always is down. Seat always is down. Hey, he's good. He's real good at that. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think we ever. That's because I'm too lazy to lift the seat. And we have oh, really oh, that's even oh, no. worse. Uh, no, okay. That's worse so have, than leaving um, it up. We have maybe <laughs> so they're called like that's handicapped worse. toilets, you know, but they're the long ones, you know, the big round yeah. ones oh, that are yeah. like extra large. Oval. Yeah, we got the Come big on. oval ones, so I don't, yeah. you know, it's, that's it's not worse. as hard. I, I've honed my skills. I'm an expert. <laughs> that's <archer. still>. okay. <laughs> that bag you lift the seat. Well, you know, but I also help clean the toilets. And so, <laughs> so you have a right to if, quit. I, yeah. if I make the mess, I have to clean it up. Um, At least you take ownership of it. Yeah, well. Some people don't. Those are the little things early yeah, that you're just going to have to learn to let go quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That things that don't matter. Yeah. And it's, those are hard too because you can have arguments about those. Yeah, for sure. What was our weirdest argument? Like as a married couple? Yeah, like what was our what was our weirdest disagreement? I mean, we didn't really come in with a whole lot of weird disagreements, but I know we had a really weird argument when we first started dating. It was about high heels. Mm -hmm. Because I got really upset because I didn't like really high, high heels. And I thought you were trying to be controlling. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I wanted like, oh, to wear what familiar. I wanted to wear. <laughs> yeah. Those are the little things. Because like before I had an ex-boyfriend who was shorter than me and that was always a problem and I didn't want that to be another problem with somebody else. And so mm -hmm. I thought it was a control issue. Yeah. And I ended up getting rid of half of them. That wasn't because of me. No. Let's clarify. Because I didn't wear I did them. Not I just make didn't you wear them. I still heels. have some high heels. <laughs> you just got rid of your like big six inch. Yeah. Prom shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so what was uh, one of your craziest arguments? I'm talking about 20 something years of arguments. <laughs> That's a lot of arguments in 20 some years. Oh. And I can't remember what they're all about. I guess that's the good thing. Is I don't, at this point, I'm like, I don't even know. We can I remember just... some of the ways and things that happened in the argument that made mm -hmm. them crazy, but not exactly what they were all about. Yeah. What's one of the craziest things you've done in an argument? Oh, man. You don't mm. want to know because we have to tell you the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there I mean, Because you some... always know, look, and we were talking about being in ministry early, and we always heard, 
that on the way to church doing ministry, that's the best times to get in an argument for some reason. I don't know. It's like <laughs> those are the best times to get in, a, in an argument to, right before you get to go to church and mm-hmm. see everybody that somehow you got to put on a front and act like you didn't, oh, you're yeah, getting along. Don't even get me started about that. At least yeah. until after service. And then you, you, you know, you duke it out in the back. Duke it out in the back and figure out, you know, that yeah. we're all's well and we're going to go home together. So we might as well get over it. Yeah. There's, there's been a couple of moments, truth be told, that, you know, that we got, I got to clarify though, that was us then and this is us now. Right. Yeah. And so then we were not, you know, as grounded in our faith as we are now. And so there have been some, some, you know, physical situations where maybe somebody was just trying to get out of the car while it was still going, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There were some intense moments. That was on our way to youth group. Yeah. (laughs) On our way to pick up one of our youth that saw Mm -hmm. us. So that was, yeah, that was, we had some times. Yeah, there's some crazy times. We help people that go from probably a real, real far out there to get better. Because we were real jacked up to a better marriage is the way we look at it. So we 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 seem to help people who are real jacked up to getting better. Because mm-hmm. it seems, you know, there's a lot of people that are just in a different, different place in marriage than, you know, and, and maybe were raised around different upbringing around marriage than others. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes where, you know, you're raised is what you see, and that's kind of the route you go and what you know, which is very damaging to marriage. A lot of times, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Elaine and I are weird. I understand this. We don't really have arguments, I guess. So a lot of our drama early on um, was more like family oriented, kind of like what you were saying, like you come in with a lot of baggage and most of our baggage was related to family. And so we had like, I think she had a bit of a, or I guess not even her. I think both of us had a bit of a trust issue for each other. Would yeah. you agree with that? Well, I would say the trust issue would be more or less was from dating, not really like family. Okay. So tell me a little about that. I mean, like I said, like, um, I had an ex-boyfriend who was not necessarily controlling, but like had a lot of opinions about what I should or shouldn't wear and stuff. And so, like, I was very defensive about, like, who I was and my independence and being my own person and stuff. Very defensive. (laughs) Yes. And so, like, I thought if you disagreed with me, like, you were taking away my independence and stuff. Yeah. I remember our first, like, date. I was sitting across the table from you. And I guess, like, you made me nervous because you asked me why my lip was No, your chin. I was like, why is your chin quiver? And I was like, geez, why are you so harsh? (laughs) Hard. (laughs) Give me a break here. I haven't dated in, like, three years. That was, like, that was three in the morning, though. That's true. Um, I didn't think I had trust issues, but I, in my situation, a lot of times, albeit I'm not a real controlling person, but I do like to be like I have a tendency to be controlling and so that is something that I had to really work through when we first started dating because I, don't think I gave you a chance to be controlling no you didn't I would have been <laughs> destroyed um but that is something that I really had to work through was trying to to not be controlling but a lot of our stuff just going into it was having to learn how to do life together not like we had done life before that was our biggest thing and so I say we didn't really have arguments where we didn't have these like loud verbal confrontations because i'm not a confrontational person at all 
Uh, I can't stand to yell. I can't stand to raise my voice. I get super nervous when people are upset in the room. So, like, arguing to me, I'm that kind of person that, like, sits you down. I'm like, we need to talk this through right now because I am going to get sick to my stomach if we don't. I just chew people out (laughs) and tell people how I feel and leave. (laughs) (laughs) I I have have some issues with that, too. (laughs) But she's been gracious with me and talking things through. Um, but I know like one of the big things we had to learn to not have quarrels, you know, because I'm the kind of person, like she's saying, she's the kind of person that like, she needs to go and vent and like have time to herself and, and everything to blow over. And I'm the kind of person that's like, right now we need to talk about this because it's really upsetting me. And so one thing I had to really learn to keep peace was it's okay if people are upset. Sometimes they need time to work Mm -hmm. through stuff, you know? Well, and they're not, like, necessarily trying to get away from the situation, like, n- like neglect it. They're just trying to figure out how to work through it. Well, yeah. Cause That's I think, how I am. Yeah, I think one of your biggest frustrations with me is I thought you were running away from the conversation. In reality, you were trying to go and gather your thoughts yeah. collectively. Mm-hmm. That's why this whole marriage thing is a process. Just like salvation, it's a process of growing closer to God, getting to know him better, getting to know more of what you're supposed to do in your Christian relationship there's plenty of books out there you need to study way ahead of getting married Mm -hmm. and too often we get married without the knowledge of knowing what we're supposed to do right uh and the biggest thing is once you start that because once you start a relationship like that it's going to be based on love and then all of a sudden you got to figure out what love is and what does that mean in your your you know the two of your relationship and who has to do what and who needs to do what and you're constantly in that growing process having to put yourself out of the out of the forefront and put your spouse in front. Yeah, and, and mar- marriage just isn't cookie cutter. So every marriage is different. Your marriage is going to be different than our marriage. Right. Still godly, still godly, but it may look different. I like that point because I had a really hard time um, with the idea of marriage counseling, and like I think just a few certain people. I think you guys were like we pulled a little bit from. There's a few certain people we pulled from, but. The idea of having like a formal marriage counseling where I had to sit down and like, well, where's your heart on this? Well, where have you thought about that? Like, I guess I'm really stubborn. We also were building a house. Yeah, but that's but not like, an excuse. I know, but like we were busy a lot though. Yeah, well, our excuse was we were busy a lot. <laughs> uh, really, it comes down to the fact I was really stubborn about the idea of marriage counseling because like in my head, I was like, I don't need no one telling me how to run my, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So um, at the same time as... I think there's a place for marriage counseling. And I think that, I think everyone needs someone to talk to, whether it's informal or formal. Well, we did have that. We did talk to people. Yeah, we did. Like I was saying, we got to talk mm-hmm. with we you guys. We talked to our parents and stuff. Too. We did talk to our parents. Um, and they were really good at telling us, you know, like the whatnots too, because I feel like parents have a good role. Kids don't like to take the what to do's from their parents, but they'll gladly take the what not to do's from That's their parents. True. It's like, oh yeah, you screwed that one up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, what is your opinion on like marriage counseling and stuff like that? Like, how would you advise people to go about marriage counseling or would you advise that or what to look for in getting counseling? Cause like you were saying, every marriage is different. I believe counseling would be good. It's not necessarily always professionally done or not, right. but find someone you can trust to talk to and share, you know, and let them share back into your lives. Mm-hmm. An older couple who's been through a lot. Yeah, seeking good, godly, wise advice before marriage is is a definite um, something you should do. We didn't do that, and it would would have benefited us 
a great deal if we had of you know had someone to talk to a book to read and no one even suggested hey hey here's a great book on marriage mm-hmm. and so I don't think I read my first marriage book probably till I read Love and Respect and that book changed our completely changed our marriage I think for the better Mm-hmm. Um, respect isn't something women want to talk about anymore. <laughs> it's important. Okay, so I'm going to read this real quick. I'm just going to kind of like paraphr- paraphrase through it and we can kind of unpack what it's talking about here. But it says, Wives, submit to your uh, your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. There's a big controversy with this Huge. specific Bible yeah. verse right here. Yeah. Um, the whole submission mm-hmm. thing. Um, I'm going to reference another part in the Bible real quick, and then we can talk about that before we move on. But let me find it here in Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians, because there's two of those, 7. And so this is talking about um, specifically, I think, sexual, but I think it kind of parallels in a way. And it says, For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a... A level ground because I know it's talking in Ephesians about wives submit to your husbands, but, but it goes like, on to yeah, say, I, say, I don't feel like they talk about the other part of that verse. Yeah, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he may sanctify her. I know there's a love and respect aspect to this. As a guy, I do desire to for my wife to love me, but respect is a, I think respect is basically man love in a, in a sense. You That's know? exactly it. That's. I mean, if you look at God himself, and he's whole, right? Right. You know, and we, we refer to him as God the Father, male, more. But he possesses this, all the traits of the female as well. He has to because right. he's whole. He's both sides of the spectrum there. Right. So when we as males come to God, right, we have to come to him as sons and daughters. But in the relationship between Jesus and the church... We're coming as a bride to the husband. Right. Therefore, guess what? We get of all all of our needs, like uh, love, we get from God. That's how we learn to love our spouse in the way that God loves us, is we get that kind of love from him. And in return, we give that kind of honor love back to him. Right. And where we're, we're obedient. You know, you know, because it's basically that's what he says in the Bible. When he says, "When if you love me, you'll keep my sayings. If you love me, you keep my commandments." Jesus says these things, and what he's saying is to show love upward is to show honor and respect. Right, right. And so I think in marriage you have the parallel of like women desire love. There was a study I was reading. Um, it's been going around, but I saw it again today. It's that women. Uh, scientifically, they say that like women in marriages, when you have a significant other, need to be hugged daily. That affirmation is a daily affirmation mm-hmm. that like the physical touch, you know, even for someone like Elaine, who hates being touched, mind you, um, <laughs> she's not a huggy person with most people. Like, you know, she needs that for me daily. The physical affirmation of me saying like, you are my wife and I love you and I'm here for you. Just as like, sometimes I'm facing stuff and she can come up and Maybe I have something I'm struggling with, you know, internally and she can come up and she can give me a hug and say, it's going to be okay. And like, I appreciate that show of love. But whenever she tells me like, I'm here for you and no matter what, we're going to get through this. That's what 
the form of love in the form of respect, I guess, that ministers to my soul, I guess, on a deeper level. Like it's, it's healing to me because when we first um, met, there was an instance that came up and I was facing a lot of family drama and it was our very first actual date. And we sat up pretty much worried sick all night about a member of my family that had some accusations brought against them, some false accusations. And, uh, and I was kind of involved in it. And, uh, she took me by the hand and said, you don't have to do any of this alone. And that was the moment that I felt love for her. It was in the moment that she showed me like that respect, I guess. And so how does that play out? Because I know there are going to be people who say, no, women want respect too. And guys are going to be like, but I want to be loved too. And so how does that, like, okay, we understand that this is very, um, like traditional church. So how do we unpack that in a way that makes sense to both both parties, I guess? True love in marriage is selflessness. Yeah. Where you're constantly thinking of the other person and con- constantly putting them forward in front of you, which would always meet the needs of the other ones. Because we were talking, and, and when you look at it, to figure out how to love is one thing, and then to figure out the love language of the other person is the other thing. And respect right. language, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that's kind of what he's saying here is that's that's a guideline of basically yeah. like mm-hmm. man brain versus woman brain and the way we compartmentalize things. But it's exactly right. what he's saying is you show each other what is adequate for that person is mm-hmm. what you're saying. Is like, you know, it's saying wives submit to your husbands um, as Christ is the head of the church. And so it's saying like wives, you are to support your husbands but at the same time husbands if a husband loves his wife that's that's a mutual support mm-hmm. it goes both ways well if you look in ephesians if if you're reading it out of ephesians yeah after that marriage part and talking about wives and husbands we're going to get into children yeah which uh which tells me that's a family yeah it does it it's going to be a family it. book and the head of the family will be god number one yeah. christ head of the church and and if when you're reading that, it's you're gonna find right ahead of where it tells the wives to submit to the husband. Right ahead of that, it says submit one to another. Yeah, it does. So it says, all through the family, it sure does. All through the family, God is teaching us to submit to one another, right? In some aspect or the other. So we're not all just driven on wives submit to your husband. Mm-hmm. Basically, all they're saying there is show wives show honor and show respect to your husband. And then he turns around and tells the man to do the love part to the wife. And the reason why it's in the Bible that way is because, one, those are two things that we have a hard time doing. Mm -hmm. Like a male has no problem showing honor because we're taught from day one how to honor and respect one another, uh, especially male to male. Uh, All the way up to the military where we get orders, we're real easy and real... It's just easier for us to carry out orders. Right. So we get that honor and respect part of it. So that's why he tells us to love our wives, because we don't get that part naturally, a lot of us. Now, some do, and that's where they they go into marriage even ahead of some of the others. For me, the whole submission thing is really, to for me, myself, to focus on my role in marriage, and that is to find out what he needs, put his needs in front of my own and to figure him out. His needs aren't going to be the same as another man's needs. Mm. Right. So that's why I say every marriage is going to look different. I mean, 
Clint may want his food brought to him every night, and that's just something he appreciates that I wouldn't mind doing. You may not care. You may be one to be in the kitchen cooking. Yeah, I do most of the cooking in our household. I mean, it's just, it looks different. You have to think that the bottom line is being selfless and and figuring out what your your mate needs, what their needs are. Yeah, I think that's the ticket right there is selflessness. That's what we, I think we've learned throughout the years because we were both very selfish early on in marriage. And that probably stemmed the majority of our arguments and sin in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I know this is kind of a weird turn, but like, I know there's a controversy when it comes to like, um, I guess typical evangelical Christianity is like, oh, the Bible's nothing but, you know, woman hating and all that. And like, people are really upset about this, you know, and I don't think, and there have been churches that preach that, I think, you know, that's been kind of taught is like, women, you are to do this and you are to do this. And then men, you know, you're to rule your household and it all comes, you know, and I think, the mutuality, like what you were saying, Clint, is vital. And I guess I've never really read that through because I've always said I want a Bible that doesn't have chapter or header mm-hmm. markers yeah. mm-hmm. because they break it up into these segments and uh, our brains compartmentalize it that way. Yep. Because right here in my Bible, I'm in chapter 5 of Ephesians, and it's a uh, titled Walk in Love. And you go down to verse 21, it says, Submitting to one another out of the reverence of Christ. That's mm-hmm. what you were saying. And then it has this title, Wives and Husbands. <laughs> Yeah. And then it goes to that, and then it says children and parents. You don't even realize this whole thing. And then it goes on to bond servants and masters, yeah. you know. It all flows. And then, uh, then it goes into the whole armor of God. It all And so flows. this whole thing is literally saying, you know, if you put it like what you're saying as it flows, it's going from God flowing through the parents into the children into how they are to walk. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And we know, you know, church is how we feel like the world's going to get saved, but I truly believe through family is how the world gets saved because it takes it takes everybody in a family unit align, aligning themselves, getting in the alignment God set out before them, right? Yeah. So they can begin to be Christian people, a Christian family, and that's just one performing God's will in their lives. And as you raise, as good two, two good people raise good Christian kids, what ends up happening is that multiplies out, and then when they have kids, if they would do the same that multiplies out. And that's truly what God set up at the beginning when when he asked uh, Adam and Eve to go f- be fruitful and multiply. That's yeah. what he set up is just godly people multiplying more godly people. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. A lot of women have trouble with um, the role that he's given us in marriage, and that's, that's um, a helpmate. And that's what the word says is that God made a suitable helper for Adam. And so that says to me that he saw that Adam wasn't going to make it on his own, that he needed help. Right. And so he made someone suitable to Adam. So to me, that's a high compliment mm-hmm. that he found in me the qualities that will fulfill the needs through me for Clint. Well, and it's just, it's an interesting thing to me, the parallel of um, God and his wholeness. And then like us as couples is it takes both I and Elaine yeah. because I truly believe we were meant to be together. It takes both of us to fulfill uh, the calling God has for us. There are times that I have to support her. There is time she has to support me. Uh, One of the comments we had put out a thing on Facebook asking people what they wish they had known uh, going into marriage. And one person said, it's not 50-50. And that's that's a wild thought. But what they were saying is sometimes it's 60 40 
Sometimes it's 80-20 because sometimes I may not be at my full operation. Sometimes Elaine may not be at hers. You know, we can't expect everyone to always run. You have to pick up where your, like, other person lacks. Right. Mm-hmm. Where your spouse lacks. Yeah. Like, on a minor level, there's a lot of times I leave my socks laying around the house. It is my <laughs> job to put those in the hamper, but Doppler gets them and eats them. If she doesn't come through and pick up my socks, <laughs> yep. you know, Gotta like, help you out. <laughs> right. marriage isn't always even, but that's why we're here for each other is to mm-hmm. fulfill that purpose that God has. And it's what you were saying there is, um, you know, going back to Genesis, you were literally taken out of the creation and created into, into your being. And so there's a piece of us, I guess, in our wives you know like we're we share the same body that's why it says uh what what is that what verse is that i guess that's also in ephesians right where uh, it says that a man will leave his family and go and become one body with Mm -hmm. his wife you know elaine and i are not this isn't uh half and half it's a hole and a hole you know and it's we make up the same the same thing you know we're not our own individual units anymore. Everything we do reflects each other. Mm-hmm. And that's... Well, even beautiful. on an individual aspect, you can still be independent and, like, depend on each other. Yeah. Like, you aren't losing who you are. So, um, how does communication play a role in marriage? And what's the the hardest part of communication? Maybe the hardest thing to communicate? Sometimes failures would be the hardest thing to communicate to one another, how you mess up. I know for me, some of the hardest stuff was to communicate was just like, I guess, like the, if you want to call it like quote unquote inner demons, the, the things that I struggled with, you know, in my life and things that I've tried to overcome. Sometimes communicating those, you you worry, how is this person going to receive that? That was one of the big things that I had to, to really get out there. I think we both did. I think there was a night where we sat in the truck and just like aired our dirty laundry to each <laughs> other. And it was terrifying because I was like, is she still going to care after she knows, you know, X, well, I Y, and think, Z? Like that's why we had a strong relationship at the beginning is because we just laid it out there and it's like, well, if you don't accept me, then bye. I was like, forced into that though. What? To laying it out there because our first date oh, was yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, but I think that was a God thing though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, God didn't allow me to keep anything hidden because mm-hmm. our first date was just like, it's all out on the table. You know my whole family drama now basically, so... Like, welcome to the family. Woo. We really didn't have that. We we didn't really talk about a lot of our past. Yeah. Before we got married, might have been a good thing, but then again, it might not have. I don't really know at this point. I think it all comes up. Yeah, you know, it's a matter. Yeah, it'll it will all come up, and I think uh, might as well get used to it and just yeah. be open about it. Mm-hmm. Those those are the things going to draw you closer. Is yeah. getting to know each other better. And if you want to use a biblical term for it, it's called naked and unashamed. There's a point where those intimate times come where it's it's time to just be open. Yeah. I think it's, you know, not everyone has to bring that up on their first date. But I think, you know, like if, if it comes up, I think if someone is going to, if that's the person for you when you're dating, if it gets brought up, it's something y'all are going to work through. It's not necessarily something... You know, if that's the make or break thing, then maybe that's either A, something like you're still actively needing to work through in your life, or B, that wasn't the person you're supposed to be with anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the things that we were talking about is that's we, that we've seen. Uh, it's hard for us 
and then we've noticed it for other people is admitting whenever you're the one at fault, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of going back to the the argument stuff is sometimes I get in a pissy mood. And sometimes I should probably say, hey, I'm going to go take a shower. I'm going to unwind. But instead, I just get I just get upset. And anytime she can ask me like, hey, did you fold the towels? And I'm just like, you know, (laughs) because of something somewhere else that has nothing to do with. I'm just like, okay, not you are not mad at me. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll tell me that, too. You'll Mm -hmm. send me like, you're not mad at me. So calm down. (laughs) admittance is such a important thing to be able to admit and say like hey like take ownership for your feelings and your emotions well i think that's like you need to learn how to do that like aside from your partner like just in everyday life like you need to be okay with admitting when you're wrong but especially in marriage yeah i know um and clint tell me how you you feel about this but i know one of the things for me is she'll ask me like well how do you feel about this and i'll be like well i think and she's like, no, 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 I don't want to know how you think. I want to know what you're feeling about it. And that's hard for me as being, you know, because I'm a pretty emotional guy anyway. Like, you know, I don't have an issue crying. I don't have an issue with that. But sometimes you get out of, like, I think this and to, like, tell her, like, well, you know, it makes me really sad. Like, I don't know how to convey that sometimes. <laughs> is that same for you? Is that, like, a guy thing yeah, or is that a me thing? Emotions don't have words for us Yeah, is what I would say. And if we happen to trigger one, we, we laugh, we get mad, or we cry. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's what we do. We're all three. <laughs> We're all three at once. <laughs> yeah, Doppler will go crazy or something and jump on you, and, like, it'll bring tears to your eyes, and I'll laugh about it. She's like, why are you laughing? I'm like, it's what I do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to, to somehow express that, that's tough to do. So if you had to give, like, some random advice to uh, maybe a young engage or I say young, I mean young in like the span of their engagement, maybe not in age, but two people who are young into their relationship who are thinking about getting married, what's some key takeaway points you would give them? Two keys for marriage for me. I wrote these down before we came because they're the things I've learned throughout the years that have made marriage <laughs> so much easier. And one is to be selfless be more selfless and really really every single day try to put his needs or think about what he needs before myself um and then two our expectations um for each other and when you begin to have a whole lot of expectations you create a really big opportunity to be let down um for example like reading the love and respect book there's a woman's part to read and a man's part to read yeah and I, I read both parts, but in reading that man's part, it was easy for me to be like, oh, well, he should have responded in this way. Mm-hmm. You know, according to the book, he's read the book too, you know. And so those expectations are kind of killers sometimes in marriage. And of course, I know when you're talking about expectations, you're not talking about like, you're talking about like the, I guess the false personification you would put on is is that kind of what you're talking about like the what you expect in in a relationship from what what the man should do he should bring you flowers he should open the door he should do these things because of our culture mainly they're given to us from our culture Mm -hmm. right um from women that maybe aren't are in the world or even christian women sometimes and i guess that goes back to learning each other too because elaine's thing may not be flowers it may be uh you know, going for a drive and spending quality time. I know Elaine mm-hmm. is much more quality time driven than she is gift given. You know, I don't think I've ever bought her a, 
birth a birthday present because she wants to do something, go out and have mm-hmm. time for us. She doesn't like material things, and so unless it's Starbucks, <laughs> if it's coffee, of course, <laughs> or like because if I'm in a bad mood, you're like, I'll go get you coffee. I'm like, okay, and I'm happy. I'm better now. <laughs> <clears throat> Because I know how to buy the way to your heart. <laughs> yeah, coffee. No. Yeah. Um, Mostly coffee time. Work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just work on occasion. <laughs> I'm still learning. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so like taking away the, the romance novel, like this is how he should be, you know, and, and realizing he has his way of showing love. You have your way of wanting to receive it and having to find the middle ground. Yeah. You have to learn how to show each other love. It's not something that is, it, it may not been uh, instilled in him from his birth, it's like you are destined to ride up on a white horse and sweep Carol <laughs> off her feet, you know? So, yeah. I like that. That's really good. Elaine, give us your advice for a young couple who is about to get married. Communication. Just talking about, like, what you're struggling with. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier about how, like, you said that I ask you how you feel about things and not what you think about things. And I think that goes both ways. Like, you need to be honest about how you feel or even how you think about something and just, like, always communicate. Even if it's just, hey, I don't want to talk right now because I have to deal with this mentally. That's okay. That's still communicating, like, okay, you need time for this. And I think that's essential is to just know that and to know, like, when somebody needs to be left alone and when you need to make them talk to you. Yeah. I know something that you and I had to learn. I'm the kind of person, like like I was saying, I, I don't do well with controversy, and so... Something I know you had to learn with dealing with me is you have to reassure me that it's not me in that moment and that I'm okay and like we are okay because I understand like I know I don't have any insecurity about you in our marriage or anything but in those moments I need that affirm that like verbal affirmation everything is going to be okay just give me some time mm-hmm. and that puts my mind at ease to say okay I can give her space and I don't have to sit here you know, thinking through scenarios in my head. Mm-hmm. And so that was important. So I think that's a really well, that, good one. And it kind of goes with the expectations, but not assuming things, which could be communication and expect expectations, but not assuming somebody feels this way or is thinking something or assuming that they're going to do this for you or just even with the communicating, like you can't assume somebody knows how you feel about something. Yeah. And so like, you just have to have open conversation through that. Yeah. Clint, what would be your things? Well, at the beginning of the conversation, I was blank for a second, but now going through it, it sounds like, I mean, num- I mean forgiveness is going to be always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's sure. something you're just going to have to be quick to do. Quick to forgive. Don't hold grudges because that just makes the fight last longer yeah. or the argument, you know, last longer. More things said, more things done, quick to forgive. And then give grace always. Mm-hmm. You know, they may not always ask for your forgiveness, yeah. but give that give that grace anyway. You know, just don't hold it against them. You know, they may not have done exactly the way you would have done it or said it the way you would have said it, but guess what? It got done or, or maybe nothing needs to be said about the way they did it or didn't do it. Yeah. Just give grace and let it go. That's good. Because you're going to have to continue to do those things because it's not, most things aren't that important. Yeah, that's true. But you can't just give some grace. Permission to be human. 
as Dr. Seuss once said, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think for me, the one that I would have to, to say is to remember um, that it is God first and your spouse second and everything else falls below that. That's right. Um, as long as you are filtering everything through God first. You know, it's kind of like when Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself and, and, you know, follow me and, you know, like it's everything filters through, you know, love and, and respect, everything filters through that. And if you can do those things, then you, the rest should come naturally. I think if we allow ourselves to filter it through God first and then allow that to trickle down to your spouse and everything else below that, um, there's been decisions that I've had to make personally that were very hard because it was controversial I guess in my head because I was focused on this one thing and I had to realize that she came above that and I had to step up and make that choice because she was willing to stick by my side through everything but just because she's willing doesn't mean she wants to you know I know she's with me but she's in a situation where I have got to make a decision to better our marriage because there's tension there you know she's willing to support me in whatever decision I make, but I know for the betterment of our marriage, the decision I have to make. And so I have to be able to prioritize her above everything else, you know, under God. And that was something hard for me to have to learn. <laughs> and the biggest one is yourself. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. <laughs> that's the biggest hurdle is yourself. Because yep. <laughs> that's the rough one. Yeah, I know going from being like a bachelor, you have all the time in the world to do whatever you want to do. And then all of a sudden, it's like there's a divided time. I can only imagine having kids. You know, that's <laughs> I'm sure that divides it even more. You know, mm-hmm. like there are people that, you know, demand your time equally now and they deserve it. If you're one unit, you have to divide that that pie up evenly. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. rough. Yeah. We look forward to about 10 o'clock at night. We finally get to have face to face time. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Doppler doesn't give us face to face time at all. <laughs> He no, wants to be right yeah, here. Yeah, because every time we hug, he, he always like face. jumps in our face. Yeah, if we give each other a hug, he gets behind her and like <laughs> he'll either get in our face or he'll wrap his paws around her back. Mm-hmm. It's like a group hug, and I'm like, get down! So you weren't invited. Or like you were on asleep. the couch, like sometimes he'll just jump up in our face, like trying to get in between us and like wedges himself. Yeah, we're, we're training. Children, right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're training. Hey everyone, this conversation was too good to stop, and so there's a whole lot more to hear. Next week, we'll be releasing How to Survive Marriage Part 2, Sex, Singleness, and Finances. We hope to see you there, but until then, you can always find us at facebook.com forward slash the Reckless Pursuit Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at underscore TRP Podcast, or of course, drop us an email at mail at com. If you haven't yet done it and you like what you hear, please subscribe. Also, maybe even leave us a review. Hey, it helps. We thank you guys for listening so much, and we look forward to next week and carrying on this conversation. Until then, be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon. Hey, you're not in public. This is only going online. Exactly. <laughs> Holy crap. No. <laughs>